wonderful, majestic world around us, it's time for Dear Science. Thanks to MoTAT, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow. That's the purpose of awards, they're meant to be bragged about. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes. So how are we doing today, Alan? How are we doing? We're not doing great today, Casper, I'd have to say, and Millie, um, I just got made redundant from AUT. So. Very sad news, along with quite a lot of academics. <laughs> yep, 170 academics, and you would imagine that... Um, <laughs> Wow, you know, if there's 170 people not good enough to, to be at AUT there, then what were they doing there in the first place? So, um, yeah, uh, there are many, many things I could say, believe you me. Um, I think what I will say is mm. that, um, sadly, science communication doesn't do anything for your career, unfortunately. Mm. But does so much for our listeners at home. Amen. Yes. So that's that's why I do it. And so, wider society. <laughs> because everyone needs to know science, so... On that note, <laughs> cherry note. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, hands up those of you who learned the piano when you were young. My my hand is up. There we go. Yes. Yes. Let the record note that Casper's hand went up. Millie. I tried to, and it was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that still counts. You, you, you yeah, know, I tried, yeah. and I was good at stringed instruments, but it just couldn't quite wrap my hands around. Oh, literal. Oh, no keys. pun intended. There you go. That's good. That's couldn't grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so there's a bunch of folk at the University of Bath who have found out that learning the piano seems to be good for the brain. Mm. Um, and from, probably by extension other instruments, but um, they were just studying uh, the piano. So they had 31 people in their study. And what they did, divided them up into three, so they had people who were going to learn the piano, mm -hmm. so they had no sort of musical background whatsoever. They are going to learn the piano. Mm. Uh, another group were going to just listen to music and another group were going to be just the control group, okay? And so what they were doing is they're going to have lessons once a week over a, a period of 11 weeks mm -hmm. and they were going to do all the monitoring stuff that, you know, all of those good psychology uh, lecturers and everything do in, in these sorts of situations. And basically what they found was that, yes, um, those people who were busy learning the piano rather than just listening to the music or in the control group, um, they showed a an increased ability to process sight and sound, okay? Wow. So what they did was, again, all of this good psychology stuff, so they were doing these um, tests with uh, flashes and beeps uh, on sort of separate screens or same screen or whatever and, and see whether they... Um, were coincidental or not, whether you know whether the beep and the flash were going at exactly the same time or a little bit different or whatever. So they were analysing that and they found that the people who'd been learning the piano did much, much, much better than that, uh, than, than the other people who were just either listening to the music or in the control group. Do we know how much they had to learn? Because I, I was... I I don't think I learned a great deal, so, but I'd still like to claim a little bit well, of... Well, uh... actually, interestingly, actually, I should have put my hand up too because I learned piano when I was a kid. Oh, well done. Fun, fun fact, <laughs> fun fact. Here we go. Look, shit, while I'm bragging, here we go. <laughs> I, I got top of the world in grade four in 1974. Oh, wow. my there we gosh. Go. In the Trinity College exams. There you go. Oh, wow. So, top of the world. 93 out of 100. Ta-da. Anyway, um, <laughs> shit, where was I before my head just expanded? Should shine um, some little flashing lights <laughs> at you, Alan. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's what they found, that um, 
in terms of learning, they actually had to learn grade one pieces. So they, they gave a list of the pieces they had to learn. So, you know, doing that in 11 weeks is, is that's, that's pretty intense stuff. So they figured out that um, you would also get improved cognitive abilities as well through learning uh, the piano. So uh, reduced depression and reduced anxiety, reduced stress. I mean, it's all good, surely. Mm-hmm. And learning the piano is a is you know it's 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 a it's a difficult task because you're doing a lot of things <clears throat> at once you've got um you've got auditory things going on so you're listening mm-hmm. and you've got uh sensory things going on as well or tactile things so you're you know you're you're moving your fingers and you're listening out for the result of that and everything and apparently that combination of sort of tactile and um auditory and sensory just leads to good things in the brain now what they didn't say and I should have read the paper actually what they didn't yes. say was what what were the age of these people yeah, yeah. Um, because I imagine um, you know the young brain is very very open to um, <laughs> new ideas or whatever you want to call it and um, whether you know children do better in this than do adults I'm I'm not sure and, and I'm sure that that would be um, the subject of a follow-up it seems to be the case for languages so I think it's possible that there's something there <laughs> oh, you know I'm I think the best thing for a kid is if you can get them to learn an instrument and, and learn another language, and I think you've set them for life, really. No, I'm, I'm concerned that some listeners at home are worried that they've missed out on their <laughs> cognitive potential. Do we reckon there are other instruments that could provide the same benefits or, or other things you could be learning at a young age? Or I would imagine so. I think any sort of instrument um, where you've, you know, so stringed instrument, there we go, really an expert in that. Um, wind instruments, anything where you've got this combination of tactile and auditory and, and, and sensory things totally. going on, I would I would well imagine. And um, you know, I, I I often find that some of my well, more than a few of my academic colleagues, I would say, have at some stage you know learnt something uh, in their childhood, you know, be it an instrument or whatever, something right. like that. So, Learning yeah. things good for your brain. Uh, there you go. I mean, that's 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 the tagline of this story. There you go. Is it bad that I'm just sitting here thinking this explains a lot? <laughs> I should have learned a language. <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> that is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, uh, next up. So this this is reprising to a story we did a couple of years ago, back before you guys were. Ooh. On the scene, <laughs> we, we were born then. You were. We, we, we you weren't were. on the dare yeah. science scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> award-winning. Award-winning dare. Yeah. See, you've always got to preface it now with award-winning dare science. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Motat. We're called award-winning dare science from now <laughs> on. So, um, in 2020, we talked about a story about Venus, the planet Venus, nice. and the fact that there was a Japanese satellite that was busy orbiting Venus and. Mm-hmm was analysing um, what chemicals were found in Venus's atmosphere, okay? And probably, as you know, Venus is a bit of a hellhole when it comes to sort of um, life on Venus because it's ridiculously hot and it's ridiculously high pressure and it's ridiculously acidic. So the chances of life on Venus are pretty slim, Okay, to say the the very least. However, in 2020, this Japanese satellite detected what it thought was a molecule called phosphine in the atmosphere. Phosphine, PH3 is its chemical formula. 
And this is a very unusual molecule to find in an atmosphere. Okay, so uh, it's a derivative of phosphorus. Now, we all know about phosphorus. Phosphorus is good for we us. We love phosphorus. We do love we phosphorus. Love we do, we do. And phosphorus is, you know, it's in our bones, it's phosphate, it's in our DNA, it's in ATP, it's in ADP, mm -hmm. all of these really important biological molecules. So phosphorus is very, very important. And on Earth at least, uh, in all of these important uh, molecules, it is bonded to oxygen because there's lots of oxygen in the atmosphere. Yeah. So phosphorus bonds to, uh, bonds to oxygen, which means it is found in an oxidized state, thanks to the oxygen. <laughs> now, we can get phosphorus in a reduced state, but that's very, very difficult to do. So there are special um, microbugs that can actually carry out this reaction and reduce phosphorus down to its reduced state. And phosphine really? is an example of reduced phosphorus, okay? Nice. So where there is reduced phosphorus, there probably has to be life. That's what the thought was at that stage, okay? If you've got phosphine in the atmosphere of Venus, you've got to have life there to be able to create it because mm -hmm. there's no other way of getting it, basically. And so this is what the Japanese thought in 2020. Now, NASA um, had been doing some follow-up work on this, and they had been using a telescope mounted on a 747, which has been flying um, above the Earth at around about 13,000 metres, mm -hmm. uh, because that means that it can see all the infrared radiation from um, Venus. And their studies say no. Basically, short, short and simple. They, <laughs> they say no, no evidence for... Uh, the appearance of phosphine in Venus's atmosphere. No evidence. Whatsoever. It could still be true. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. So this is this is pretty sort of big and in-depth and everything like that because yeah. obviously that was a big discovery that the Japanese made. So NASA are saying, no, it's not happening. Um, so therefore the question then becomes, okay, if NASA saying no, Japan yeah. saying yes, what's going on? Um. Now, remember, the Japanese probe is going around Venus at a altitude of, you know, I don't know, a few hundred kilometres, something like that, mm -hmm. or a few thousand kilometres. Um, we are ooh, a long, long way away from Venus um, and carrying out the uh, analysis from a long, long way away. Um, so it's sort of put the question, I guess, in a little bit of limbo. So NASA are pretty sure that they're right about this. Um, I don't know what the Japanese are going to come back with, but mm. um, it might make for interesting reading. But I think we can possibly say that yeah the chances of life on venus yeah pretty pretty <laughs> minuscule but there are a lot of other planets out there there's a hell of a that lot of other planets true. out there we don't have to only go to our solar system obviously there's gasquillions plenty of, of fish in the <laughs> sea plenty of planets in space yeah, we're all good <laughs> there's there's life out there somewhere oh, there just ha there just has to be i'm guessing it's the only way you can produce that on earth is using Microbugs, yeah, but yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly, yeah. And maybe up in space is a different game. Yeah, fair, fair, fair point. It could be something else that we don't um, appreciate that we can't get on Earth. Yeah, no, this you're abso absolutely right. Totally, absolutely right. Thanks. Speaking of things we don't appreciate, here we go. Fake science. Fake Our science. Our next topic. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. What's going I on? I know. What's going on? Okay, so the currency of academia is research papers okay if you want yeah. a job in academia you've got to publish 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 um and so you publish in international journals so you know publishing houses set up all of these journals and you've got really good journals you've got 
really rubbish journals and the majority of them are sort of, you know, somewhere in between. And so you want your work to appear in the best journals and you want lots of your work to appear in journals. So what better way than to get artificial intelligence to write your papers for you and then submit them to, um, well, fake-ish journals, okay? Um, and that's a way oh of gosh. boosting your CV. Oh, yes, it happens. It happens. It's, it's, it's not good. I've been spending a lot of time recently playing around with GPT-3, which I think is uh, recently updated. It's one of the, the larger sort of machine learning AI platforms. Right. It absolutely could write fake research papers, yes. which is really scary. Yes, and yeah. I've also heard this last week of um, AI being able to give um, fake exam answers mm. as well that get marked as an A-. minus. I have heard. I have heard. Because yes. Casper's trying to replace a news team with robots, and we're not really happy about it. <laughs> so, you know, this this is not good. Um, and, okay, so only in September there was a physics publisher that had to basically withdraw about 500 papers that they had already published. 500. 500 papers that were obviously written by machine. Okay, now, there's a problem here because when you publish a paper somebody else has to have a look at it first. It's called peer review. So it's sent out to anonymous people, normally two, three, something like that. They read the paper, they say, yep, it's good, nah, it's a bit rubbish, needs to be fixed up, or it's total crap and it shouldn't be published. So this peer review process is meant to sort of circumvent this, you know, that the, the, the should be rubbish getting into the literature, but obviously doesn't work. So a bunch of um, publishers have now got together and they have developed a thing called the STM, okay? So, and this is the STM Integrity Hub. And so they are getting the software now that can then outdo the AI written papers. So now we're going to have sort of big software fights or AI fights or whatever where, you know. You said before that they caught the ones that were obviously written by AI. Yes. How do we, so we obviously have some very advanced machines here mm. um, and we'll get into your, your the AI fight which I, I think is a fantastic <laughs> vision <laughs> um, yep. do we know like are these the ones that just weren't advanced enough? Are there others that are scraping through, well, do we think? Well, that's the thing. We don't. I guess nobody really knows. But mm. one, one of the ways that they spot papers that are written by machines is that they use things called tortured phrases, okay? Oh. So, for example, AI itself, we, that, that's a phrase, artificial intelligence, okay? Mm. That is often converted by a machine to counterfeit consciousness, that artificial intelligence, counterfeit mm. consciousness. So if you see that in a paper, you can be pretty sure it's written by a machine. Same with big data. There's another phrase. Big data often appears when it's been written by a machine. Colossal information. <laughs> <laughs> I got made fun of yesterday for writing draconic in two separate news bulletin pieces. I had to read them. And I was accused of using AI software that used the word draconic twice. No, I just I just like the word draconic. We did accuse There you. were draconic events. We think you're up. That's incredible. So there are some words that the AI just, just likes to use? Well, I guess what they're trying to do is to... Well, again, what they often do is using existing source material, mm -hmm. presumably, to train themselves. <clears throat> and then they know that they can't sort of do exact copies, so yeah. they have to sort of, you know, munch it up a little bit. Synonyms. And, yeah, exactly, and exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But theoretically, with a larger data yes, set, yes, yes. and, and as the data sets get more advanced and the machine learning gets more advanced, yep, yep. you'd have far more natural yep, speech. Yep, 
absolutely. Oh, and it's so scary. It's, so it's not the end. Yeah, it's really, it's really not good. It's the well, start. What, what kind of software is used in this initiative you were saying to fight against the AI? Well, again, I think a lot of it is just looking for that. They've, they've got a list of these tortured phrases to start off with. Right. Um, but then, you know, obviously, as soon as the people who are generating these sorts of things realize that that's what they're looking for, then they'll change the algorithm or whatever and, and they'll be using something else. So, as is always the way in sort of technology, um, you're going to be one step behind the perpetrators. True. Aren't you? You know, they, they're going to do something. They're going to make a change. You're going to come up with the software that then detects that change. But then at that stage, they've gone on and done something else. So it, it, it seems to me that you, that you're almost fighting a losing battle. However, um, you know, I've got to say that um, the very, very best journals, um, this hasn't yet reared its head no, to my no. to my knowledge anyway. But you know, God forbid if it ever does, because you know, especially in the medical literature, this is this is literally life and death. Stuff, totally. You know, and mm. and and people, you know, just by themselves fake a lot or some of the medical literature. They invent studies that they have supposedly made with all these patients and everything. And you know, other doctors see them. Oh shit, that's a good idea. I'll try that in my next surgery. You know, and it's, oh, and it's total no. crap. Yes, yes. So people always thought future warfare would be fought with laser guns and flying cars <laughs> and so on. But really, it's it's <laughs> quantum <laughs> supercomputers super in different rooms fighting yes. each other over these sort of algorithmic inputs. I Wait. must say something. These torture phrases, mm. like counterfeit consciousness, mm. they kind of sound like rapper names. <laughs> <laughs> Colossal information coming at you. <laughs> Well, there you go. You can use it here. There you go. Yeah, I think that's you know, where yeah. AI is useful for. There you go. <laughs> Not names. writing medical journals, but <laughs> rapper names. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There you go. And, on, and on that note, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Alan. <laughs> thank you, Motat. Thank you, thank you Motat. Science. Thanks to Motat, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow.